Welcome, or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Team815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode. Yet another instructional ball update. Parenthetically, Nunez, and ask me questions if I was confusing. Today, I'm kind of smushing two into one because I kind of like my idea on a an, an Eduardo Nunez podcast, but I don't think anybody would tune in for an Eduardo Nunez podcast. But I do have some information on. The instructional ball, a little bit of an update, and I kind of wanted to have something in addition to the update, because I don't want to just have, oh, here's another update, here's another update. I kind of like to tie in actual, actionable information with stuff. So, it's kind of a little bit of both. I will start with the instructional ball update, the list that Arizona Phil provided that I read you, those players are at instructional ball, but it sounds like there are extra players there. Now, why would extra players be there? Because a lot of them, especially pitchers, have a reason to be there, but they've fulfilled their innings expectation for the year. I'll give you two examples. One, late in the September season, when the Cubs started to have some injury questions and it was a possibility that the team might not have enough starters to make it through the season. When Tyler Chetwood and Jose Quintana no longer looked like they were going to be able to start. And if a couple things would happen to a couple people, the Cubs might need to add another starting pitcher to the roles. They added Duncan Robinson to the 60-man player pool. When they added Duncan Robinson to the 60-man player pool, he had probably pitched a whole lot during the spring into the summer, getting ready, keeping ready, getting his quote-unquote innings in. And he was added to the 60-man player pool late. He wasn't needed at the major league level, but by his being prepared, by his getting added to the 60-man player pool, for the last couple of weeks, they treated him as a starting pitcher. And with that, he probably, quote-unquote, got his innings in. As such, he's not going to be pitching at the instructional camp, whether he was going to or not. But since they worked... um ramped him up a bit, and got him ready to be a starter at the major league level if absolutely necessary, he's not going to need any innings at instructional ball. Now, could it be that Duncan Robinson is at the instructional ball training site along with the other players? Oh, it's possible. Is it important for me to know that? No, not even remotely. Might he be doing some things as far as doing some lab work or uh, 
other things that pitchers would do, uh, weightlifting and team building. Certainly it's possible he's not on the list of players to be included in the upcoming games. So there's a list of players who are eligible to play in the games. Then there may be some other players, generally pitchers, who are out at the instructional ball. I was talking with one person today who falls into that category. If you are a fan of the Cubs prospects, you're probably familiar with this guy's name. I don't have authority to toss it out there. Uh, He may run into it, he may not, but I don't want to say who it is. There are players out there who aren't on the list. So when you see a list of 47 players, the list of players who are actually out at instructional camp is almost certainly a decent bit over 47. But as far as you and I knowing who they are, it's not important. It's not essential. We're not going to find out who they are and who the extra players out there are really doesn't matter. So the list of 47 is accurate. Might there be more players out there? Oh, there certainly are more players out there, but we don't have to know that. Need to know basis. We don't need to know. They're out there. They're doing what they're doing and carry on with our lives. So yeah, I did want to bring you that update because there was a little bit of a uh, disagreement, discrepancy, or something along those lines, and I checked with my people, such as that is. And uh, yeah, there are more people than 47 out at Instructional Ball Camp, but my um, podcast updates will pretty much be limited to players that I know are actually out there and are listed on a specific list. So... That is the update. I, I guess I could have had that as a self-standing podcast, but I was doing a little bit of homework, and I wanted to do a podcast on Edwarniel Nunez, and I didn't think anybody would listen to an Edwarniel Nunez podcast all by itself. Usually I try to have one name that's uh, more well-known and one name that's a bit less known so that you learn about the player that you're interested in, and you also hear about somebody that you're less familiar with. That's why I'm generally looking at this. Eduarniel Nunez is from Samana, Dominican Republic. I finally decided tonight I'm going to do a little tiny bit of homework that I should have done years ago, absolutely years ago. How are you on... Dominican Republic geography. No, seriously, how are you at Dominican Republic geography? I'm horrible at it. I'm better now because I took 10 minutes to look at a map. Uh, The Dominican Republic is about 70% the size of Georgia. So you know about the landmass that we're talking about. The size of Georgia, the Dominican Republic is about 70% the size of that. It's on an island that shares uh, that its neighbor to the west is Haiti. Haiti is a little bit less well-off financially than the Dominican Republic. Um, 
the podcast is not about why, but uh, when you have when you're looking at the Dominican Republic, picture possibly like somewhere between a curved rock and possibly like an arrowhead. So at one end you have um, a straight line, and it's a lot thicker at the far end than it is at the near end, which ends up in basically a point, either the arrowhead or a beak, if you want to think about a bird. So you have a, not really a New Hampshire kind of a size, but it's uh, a bit of an arrowhead. The bottom border is largely straight. It curves up a little bit toward the bottom. And the top border starts off straight and then starts to fall off. So, it, like I say, it's about like an arrowhead. The reason I wanted to do this was because I want to tell you some of the places in the Dominican Republic. So, when names start getting mentioned, you can have an idea where in the Dominican Republic I'm talking about. I wanted to know that and nobody had told me and I decided, you know what, I'm going to learn it myself and since I have a podcast, I'm going to get you guys to listen. You guys have turned it off because you don't care about the Dominican Republic. Eh, well, okay, whatever. But the Eduardiel Nunez information, kind of a little bit important maybe, but uh, I want to go through the Dominican Republic for toward the, eh, about a third of the way up the top border that kind of curves down, you have Puerta, Puerto Plata. That's one of the toward main cities. Samana Bay is probably about two-thirds of the way down on the top border. Um, La Romana is down right near the arrowhead. And Santa, oh geez, Santo Domingo, that's it, Santo, I I can't read my own name, Santo Domingo is about halfway down on the bottom border that's kind of flat. So, Samana Bay is on the top, top portion, about halfway down, and again, it is a bay, so there's Uh, land with water encircling it on three sides. Samana Bay is where Eduarniel Nunez is from. And Eduarniel Nunez pitched in the Dominican League in his first season and showed that he was better than the league. I think he only pitched five or six times, but he showed that he belonged in the States. That didn't mean anything more than that, except he was better than the Dominican League and belonged in the States. So after one season, I think it was only like five or six outings and about 15 or 16 innings, they brought him to the States. He has velocity. Velocity is not his problem. Location is his question. So if you are a person who likes the right-hander who throws 96, 97, 98, 99 and has questionable ability to locate the zone, 
Eduarniel Nunez is your guy. He's one of them. There are a lot of pitchers like that. And when I hear people saying they are totally fascinated by guys who throw 97, 98, 99, I wonder why they don't listen to Eduarniel Nunez's starts or get the minor league baseball package and watch Eduarniel Nunez pitch because that's who he is. It's a question of locating the zone. And when you are developing a pitcher, locating the zone is a part of everything. Locating the zone, where, where should a pitcher be advanced to? He should be advanced to the level where he can generally get outs and learn along the way. If Eduardo Nunez had been assigned anywhere for 2020, if there had been a season, he'd probably have been in South Bend. I don't know if he would have been a starter or a reliever, but again... The 97-98 talks, the question is the location. And to the fans who think that 97-98-99 is without question any good, well, there's quite a few players that have uh, pitched with that velocity and not really impressed. Nunez had some very good outings in Eugene. He had some outings where he really struggled in Eugene. And with pitchers, it's a matter of trying to figure out what is the way that is going to get them to toss strikes that are over the edges of the plate and not over the center of the plate. How to develop a player into doing that is what gets you to be valued in an organization. Eduardo Nunez is a name you should probably know. He has the velocity. Will it ever come to fruition? I have no idea. But he was sent to instructional ball because he has more upside than some. And he hasn't gotten his innings in yet. So he will be out in instructional ball. And during the games, there very well may be some times where Eduardo Nunez... Comes in to pitch an inning or two, or maybe five. Who knows? Uh, but most mostly the games in instructional ball will be about getting innings in for the pitchers and for the hitters, letting them swing. Because with hitters, nobody really cares about, ooh, has this guy gotten in too many swings this year? That's very rarely a concern with hitters. It is a very large concern with pitchers because every pitcher with every organization has a limit as far as how many innings he ought to pitch. And when the pitcher goes over that innings limit, sometimes bad things are more likely to happen than had they not gone over said innings limit. Thanks for stopping by. We are excellence. I'll have another podcast up rather soon, as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to have that one worth your time as well. Though I can't guarantee you I will teach you the geography of a country. Be safe. Go Cubs go. And be nice to people.